Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. All right, Lino. Here we oh, go. Wow. Okay. I'm always, I'm always worried oh, when it comes to talking know, we'll about science this without every Caroline. Time. I know. Caroline, yeah. you know, encourages yeah. us. He says that's great yeah. things, but I know, I know, in her mind, to go. Boys, what have you done to the science yeah, What have we done to it? Oh, yeah. What have you done? Yes. I so, know we love uh, you, Caroline, and you love us. I, I wonder, we yeah. love you, Matt. So, yeah. yeah, I'm going to stick with something that we're comfortable with, and that's space news. And, cool. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yes, you just... And yep. Some, yep. actually, an event that I was really, really excited about um, that happened, uh, well, started on uh, on Christmas night here in Australia. So it was, mm. uh, it was mm. late, just before midnight here in Australia, um, Christmas night. And, uh, and I... I thought it was great. And it was the launch of the James Webb Space Telescope. And but, but, hold on, hold on. I, I yeah. must admit, it does look like a very big um, honeycomb. It does, yeah. Like the mirror, yeah, it's a massive it's mirror. It's so cool. Yeah, it's it six, yeah. uh, 6.5 meters mirror, the Ooh, mirror is, which wow. is six times, uh, that was my first talking point there, <laughs> six times the size of the mirror of the Hubble Space Telescope. Wow. So it, this this wow. thing is a, is a beast. Um, it is, The, the solar sail um, or the solar um, covering there uh, is the size of a tennis court. This Whoa. is the sun shield. Um, Goodness me. Yeah, which keeps all the equipment really cool. Uh, so yeah, this is a, a really serious uh, mm. telescope, and one that I think this is my big call for the year that we should pay a lot of attention to, because yeah. this is going to open up discoveries uh, and new scientific knowledge that humanity has not encountered before. It's going to deepen our understanding of the um, literally deepen the, our understanding the of, of, of the universe. universe. Yeah. yeah. Um. And wow. so yeah, and so I just wanted to share some really interesting things and then leave some resources that people can do some further research of their own on. Um, so a couple of things. So first of all, I've talked about um, the size of the mirror. So the, the mirror um, is this uh, sort of gold-coated mirror um, made of sort of hexagonal shapes uh, all put together, and it, it makes uh, a 6.5-meter-sized mirror um, to enhance the, um, the, the imagery that they can collect. Uh, mm, and mm. each of those mirrors have little uh, motors behind them so they can be adjusted. So, adjusted. so it's yeah, not one giant say. mirror um, yeah. that, with one movement. It, it's when when all, it's all put together, it is one yeah. giant mirror, but each of those sections of it can be adjusted slightly adjusted. as well where needed. Um, so uh, the what this mirror, what the um, the James Webb Telescope can do is detect light from galaxies which have formed thirteen point five billion years ago. So, oh my goodness me! And and here's the uh, here's Whoa. the kicker. This is only 300 million years after the Big Bang. So that's a long time. <laughs> but in the in the in the age of the uh, of the universe, yeah, that's nothing. Like that's that's really yeah, young. Well, true. Not, it's not nothing. It's very young. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if the if the if the universe is 13 and a half billion years old. And we're being we're going to be able to see the light from galaxies that are only three hundred million uh, three hundred million years big, after big, the Big Bang. Big, big that's bang. that's massive. Like that's that's mm. you know like this is very very early. People have talked about it. This being able to look into the past, you know, the young the young universe. 
Wow. So there are lots of discoveries there. So some of the questions that wants to address is how did early galaxies form? So to be able to look at the the, the formation Ooh. of galaxies from um, from a long time ago, are there um, chemical building blocks in the atmospheres of other planets? So to be able to, to detect those as well. Yep. And is our solar system unique or are there solar systems like ours? So these are really important questions to answer. Mm. The, um, so uh, as we know, and uh, so Lino, we were, you, uh, you and, um, and myself and uh, Jared's families, remember we went to, we went to a, a little place called Lurg. Oh um, my goodness. Over the, me, yeah. over the holidays, um, pre, pre getting COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so was, we hired a, wow. a holiday, a holiday house there for, yeah, yeah. for almost no, a week. Nice place. Yeah, and awesome do you remember place. that night yeah. we went stargazing? Oh so my was, goodness yeah. me. And there's no light pollution no, because there's no, there's no street lights, no nothing. Street lights it's, it's pitch black outside because we were, we were in the middle of a rural property yep. and, um, you know, there's no street lights or anything. Street it was just anything, farmland like... everywhere as far as the eye could see where we were. Exactly. And when we all looked into the well, night sky, oh my goodness uh, the, me. it was so populated with stars, stars. And, you know, and galaxies. And it, it was yeah. amazing to look at. It was just so stunningly beautiful. Like, oh, it was. Uh, it was. And you could just notice the detail of, of the night sky so much more than if you do so it from, much, your, you know, from your backyard. Exactly. <laughs> it uh, was. So, uh, and we were talking about, we had a conversation that the light that we were looking at is from the past. It's yes, uh, exactly. it's where those stars and galaxies and everything were, um, were yep. possibly millions of years ago, depending on how long it takes for the light of that star to reach, reach us. us. Yeah, exactly. it's like traveling yeah. at light speed and all that. So mm-hmm. the James Webb Telescope is going to be looking at galaxies that this light can look into the past, as it's described. It's going to look at the lights from galaxies as they were, um, you know, mil- uh, billions of years ago. Now, Caroline can explain this better, but this is based on the idea of redshift, and I'm not going to explain it because it confuses me. <laughs> I'll leave it to Caroline. So, Caroline, yes. make a mental note to explain oh, redshift well. to our. But the, <laughs> but the idea of seeing lights from an uh, from an object, yes, um, you know, yeah. for, you know, from those millions or billions of years ago, uh, mm. because of the how long it takes for that light to reach, uh, you know, our our eyes, the Earth, our- the telescope, whatever. Exactly. So, yeah. so those are the fundamental questions it's going to explore. I love this one about is our solar system unique because I watched this great documentary on on other solar systems and exoplanets mm. and things like that. Mm. Um, and our one is unique in the sense that apparently our Jupiter is in the wrong place compared to where the Jupiter's the Jupiter-like planets of others um, solar Whoa. systems are. So generally, oh, wow. and and you can Google this, everyone. That this is a true a true thing. Whoa. Um, the Jupiter-like planets in other solar systems are actually uh, the the first planet after the star, you know, the sun of that solar system. Oh, and they call me. them hot Jupiters because they orbit closely and they spin very fast. Spin fast, So yeah. they call them hot yeah. Jupiters because they're closer. So yeah. our Jupiter is in the wrong place. <laughs> or is in you know is not in the same place uh, that that that's found commonly in other um, other solar uh, systems. Solar systems. Yeah, and I know I'm explaining that very in a very basic way because there's a lot more science behind that. But yeah, it, yeah, it makes but... us unique, and Jupiter actually in our solar system protects us from a lot of the the space junk and the rocks and everything. Uh, yeah, that that could wow. potentially collide with it. Collide with Earth. Yeah. It's I was like about a bit to of, say. Yeah, someone described it as like a, a vacuum cleaner for our, our solar system <laughs> in, in one sense. Yeah, so, um, wow. Yeah, so uh, that's a really important Jeez. question. So, are there are there solar systems that are similar to ours somewhere somewhere out there in the in our galaxy and beyond mm-hmm. our galaxy as well? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the James Webb Telescope 
was too big to fit into the standard fairing of any rocket. So it, it, it because of the size of a tennis court when it's completely unfolded, <laughs> yeah. it, there's no way yeah. you could store it in a store in it, a rocket. Yeah. Um, you know the fairing of those two covers at the top of a rocket where you put your payload and then open and deploy and whatever else. Exactly. So wow, it's not going to yeah. fit uh, anywhere. So they basically designed it to fold up like an origami, you know, inside yeah. by origami. Yeah. So yeah. The, now so I've got to cool. say. Um, thousands of engineers from the United States, Canada, yeah, Europe worked on this and on the different components and everything. Mm-hmm. And the unfolding uh, um, and opening up after it was launched was a was an engineering marvel because lots of little bits and pieces had to move around, and you know, and lots of components had to open and unfold and, and assemble. And as each each time this happened, it would take hours. Yeah, you definitely. Now, like, yeah. If you were here on Earth, you could use your hands and just fold something open, done, right? But because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hurtling away from, from the Earth and yeah. we're not going to be able to send anyone to repair it if something goes wrong, oh, exactly. they had to go through this process of getting it ready so meticulously. And in fact, the James Webb Telescope, the design started in 1996. Whoa, so, uh, what's yeah. that? So we're at, was it 25, 25 years? 25. Wow. Is that right? Someone else can math me on that. That's why we need Jared. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's the math guy in this group. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, 20, about 25 that? years. Yeah. To 25 go from years. design to build design to, to, build. Yeah, to testing and, and launch. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, um, wow. so it was designed to fold up um, yep. and fit into the fairing of the European Space Agency's Ariane 5 rocket, mm. which is like a heavy duty lifting rocket. Yeah. yeah. An amazing rocket to watch oh, its launch. Cool. This thing yeah. is massive. It's powerful and it just shoots off the ground. It's like like it's got no time to be on the ground. It wants to get to space. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so the launch um, apparently was so successful as well mm. that uh, it was placed perfectly uh, um, into Earth's, you know, into Earth's orbit to leave the, to leave the orbit and head out into um, further into our solar system. Mm. It was so perfectly placed that the engines weren't really needed for massive corrections. Oh, that, cool. Um, that the telescope will now go way beyond the 10 years that, um, 10 years. that, that was expected at its oh, lifespan. Wow. Uh, so it will be able to stay in its, in, in its orbit, and I'll talk about the orbit later on, um, well beyond what was expected. So they'll be able to collect lots of science for a lot longer, which is awesome. Uh, cool. Cool. And 10 years, really, you know, when you think about it, is not a long time in research yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, the, and the universe is so big. You know, what it, oh, you can't, it's yeah. massive. It would take, yeah, yeah. a lot more longer than that. Yep. So, oh, yeah, go on. Yep. I was about to say, Liz, that yep. can you imagine that you've been working 25 years on this project? Mm. Well, that is if you've been in that job for 25 years. Yeah. And I, I'll... I would be so teary. Yeah, I would too. I'd be celebrating like crazy. Celebrating, yeah. seeing this thing fly up in the air, <coughs> able to f- um, find out um, a lot of information about the universe. Yeah. And it's able to, you, you can imagine that you, you've done all the drawings, all the technical mm. things, and, and making sure this thing unfolds properly. Millions of hours fo- of design and preparation. Design, yeah, trying building. to make sure, yeah, yeah. building. And then you find out that you go up there, and it's perfect. He doesn't have to. What do you call yep. it? The rocket's uh, lens. He, yes. uh, he did, didn't have to adjust. No, it's perfectly placed. Perfect where place. It needs to be, yeah. And boom, and it's gone. Yep. And it's like, it's like saying goodbye. To, well, not goodbye, but saying good luck to a. Uh, well, it's like one of your children in a sense. It's exactly. Like, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. If you if you were there from the start to the end start of that process, end, it's like process. sending a child a child away, a child away, yeah, and, out into the into the world, into, well, <laughs> into the oh, universe, well, into the universe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. out of space, yeah. out of space, absolutely. And, 
that it, it'll be oh that's awesome that's I'll see how how the James Webb I'm 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 assuming that's the guy who actually really designed uh, the thing now no? I should, probably or? should have done some research beforehand but James Webb was a a space scientist mm-hmm. and I'll get Caroline mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps in the next <laughs> okay, episode sorry, that too. Yeah. sorry sorry no I, I didn't I do thought, my research I, thought... I probably should have done my research on the naming but I'd I'd planned to talk more about the satellite than the its history but cool, we'll, uh, cool, 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 cool. yeah the telescope but we'll we'll fill that in a future episode. Uh, yeah, so it took uh, it took three weeks for it to unfold mm, and open up completely. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and that was all done remotely. So they had to wow. unfold, you know, send all the signals for it to do this, to do that, and to yeah. make sure it works. So I'll just go through the process of the opening up very, very quickly. Um, so we were fortunate enough to see this one in the in the li- in the live launch, which was cool. Thirty one oh, cool. minutes after it was launched, um, the solar array deployed. They like opened up, so you could actually see it. the The satellite, the um, not satellite, the telescope moves telescope. away, uh, and you could see the footage. And there's it's beautiful footage. And then, <laughs> uh, and then in that same moment, as it was moving away from from um from being deployed, mm. the solar array opened up, which was really good to see. Cool. Uh, two hours later, the high gain antenna deployed, and then on the third day, the sun shield pallet uh, extended. So the sun shield pallet is like the surface that the sun that's used to stretch, to stretch and, and, and tension the sun shield. Yeah. So that, that it's like a frame for it. So cool. that opened up. Cool. Um, after four days, the tower assembly uh, deployed. And so this is the, uh, this is the, the middle section where the mirror is folded up. So it extended, basically it, it moved up. So that had to happen. So that eventually the mirror could completely open up. Completely open up. Yeah. Fold. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, after five days, the um, the a momentum flap. So um, there's like a flap on one of the far ends of the um, of the telescope deployed successfully, and then the sun shield membrane opened up as well. So this was like the cover to so the sun shield could deploy. Mm. Uh, on day six, the sun shield um, opened, which was a very long process, and this would have been the most nerve-wracking part, I reckon. So it's, it, it's the size of a tennis court. It looks like a, almost like a giant, not triangle, what do you call it? The other, that other shape. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like it looks like a giant kite anyway. Yeah, so it yeah, had to yeah. tension, which means it was stretched out, and it's got several layers, so it had to open up oh, as wow. well. Oh, um, yes, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yep, so then on day 10, the, um, the mirror support structure deployed. So this is, uh, this is a structure that... Um, that uh, opens up and supports the the, the mirrors, mm. and then on days twelve and thirteen, the the two sides of the mirror um, opened up and str- and and uh, connected into this giant six and a half meter uh, you wow. know mirror array that that it has. Um, yeah. And then on the twenty fourth of um, of January, which is uh, one month after launch, the uh, telescope successfully arrived at the Lagrange point two, which is uh, one million mile uh, kilometers, I should say away from earth so it's a million kilometers away Ooh. from us Jeez. and um and basically it's going to orbit the earth and the sun at a million at that one million miles making mm. uh making its orbit and then using its engine for course corrections from here and there but again because the um because the engine didn't have to use a lot of um, power and fuel to make any course corrections from the launch because the launch was so perfect that engine has a longer lifespan, which means more data Good. can be collected. Yeah, more, more data yep. can be collected. Yeah, yep, which yep. is great. So, um, so that's all I'll say about the James Webb Telescope for now, um, except to say that we're obviously going to be following its progress now. Mm. Uh, at the moment, it's in its it's in its orbit. The equipment um, and cameras, it's got these big infrared cameras. It's got a whole lot of them. 
which can uh, take photos or can observe multiple objects at once. So hundreds oh, of objects gosh. at the same time, which is awesome as well. So that's it's one not, expensive camera, man. Look, yeah, oh, these cameras, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, project, this project, I think, went into the billions or, yeah, it was. Oh, this was an expensive over-budget project. You definitely really, buy really that awesome t- camera well. from um, Ted's cameras. Yeah, like, it's more than Ted's cameras, yeah. <laughs> this is more than the lens that you bought for burning the other day, don't worry. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, yeah, basically it's got a, a group wow. of, um, of mm. different kinds of infrared sensors and, the, um, and, and cameras. And the important thing about this is that they can see through nebulas oh and through me. dust clouds and beyond into our into the galaxy beyond to to be able to capture light from um from you know from uh you know stars and galaxies and other objects that are out there Definitely, that um yeah. that we cannot see with the Hubble Space Telescope scope or anything else at the moment. Yeah. So this is one incredibly sensitive telescope, and yep. what uh, uh, like I said, I can't wait to see what what it brings back and what discoveries mm. we find there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's the James Webb Space Telescope, and uh, I just wanted to bring up another couple of very quick space stories. So the first one is, um, I hope no one's going to be planning on being on the dark side of the moon anytime in March, because uh, because uh, as this headline says, I think this is a bit clickbaity to be honest, but it says out of control SpaceX rocket on collision course with the moon. Now that gives you the image that there's some rocket flying out there under power, you know, with, with, you know, with its engines lit and it's going to collide with the moon because something went wrong. Now what actually happened was um, a Falcon 9 booster. So the booster is the first stage, which pushes the payload um, and the second stage into space out of the earth's gravity. Well, and then what happens is the first stage separates from the second stage uh, in SpaceX's case, it usually comes back to Earth and lands. That's what they do mm, now. Or mm, in uh, in a lot of other space um, agencies or or companies, um, the the first stage will um, will separate and then um, it will burn up in the Earth's atmosphere. Mm, uh, that's mm. what happens uh, in in other companies. So SpaceX now recovers its um, its first stages. They come back to Earth and land, which is always really cool to watch. Yeah. But this, um, <laughs> This one was in uh, deployed in 2015, and I think this was uh, so. This was uh, one of two possibilities because I didn't actually do my research on this. Either this was before SpaceX was uh, returning their rockets and recovering them, their, their boosters, or sometimes the payload is really heavy, like the weight yeah. is, is more weight, so they have to um, keep the booster keep running for longer. Longer to the, to the point where it can't be recovered, so it's yeah, exactly. it's basically shot out of Earth's shot orbit in. as well. And, yeah, and that does happen. You know, that does happen sometimes where uh, the payload, um, it's because of the the size and weight of the payload, it's not possible to recover the booster. So mm. SpaceX mm. hasn't done that in a long time, but that that was sort of the go um, uh, with that. So it launched in 2015 as part of an interplanetary mission to send space a space weather satellite on a million mile journey. So. Again, this was another satellite that went to the Lagrange point as well. Cool. So obviously it wasn't just a low Earth orbit situation. Mm-hmm. So the booster did have to do more work to get it out of the Earth's gravity. Um, so, But uh, after the time of completing the long burn of its engines and sending the NOAA's Deep Space Climate Observatory on its way, um, which uh, it, the rocket's second stage became derelict, so they discarded, just sent it out into the into the mm. solar system. Mm, mm. Um, so I'll I'll cut the story short, and if people want to read the article, they can. Basically, because of gravity and the solar system and the way things work out, 
sometimes our space junk comes back. <laughs> it happens. All right, it does happen. Um, we've had we've had old probes that have been gone for decades that you know that oh my will, goodness you know, me, yeah. will not come back to this close. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. So what's happening now is uh, that the observers have mapped out um, that this is it's on a it's a, it's been on a chaotic orbit, so it hasn't Ooh. been like in a stable orbit. Um, from wherever it was, and mm-hmm. there's about four tons of space junk from this from <laughs> this first tons? stage. Yep. that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of time. And it's going to it's going to collide with the moon at a velocity of two point five eight kilometers per second, sometime in early March. Some some yep. are saying on the fourth of March. And uh, in this article from the Guardian, there's a link to the blog blog post which goes into some really deep science about why this wow. person says March the fourth. Sadly, Ooh. sadly, sadly, if you wanted mm. to observe it, it looks like it's going to hit the dark side of the moon. So, oh yeah, but, we won't yeah, be able to see so it. Definitely. Yeah. So mm. we're just going to know it happens, but we're not going to see it. Maybe someone will catch it on its, on its way to the moon, but we yeah, actually see the collision. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a bit of an anticlimax. I think it's just yeah, going to well, be like a yeah, thunk, yeah. and that's it. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but pretty, you know, like pretty interesting thing anyway. Um, and he said, and uh, the, one of the scientists, um, an observer. Uh, he said uh, that the event will allow for observation of subsurface material ejected by the rocket strike. Um, and he's saying that he hopes it hits the moon, but he said, we already know what happens when junk hits the earth. There's not much to learn from that. <laughs> it's okay. Just, it's, more okay. than anything, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, for our science topic, I just wanted to mention that this is a big year. Every year is a big year in spaceflight. But this is a really big year because it's going to be a couple of firsts. So the first, uh, the first thing is um, that one of the big, the the big, awesome first is that um, SpaceX's Starship is slated to launch at some time this year, and uh, this will be a, its first test flight to orbit. So oh. uh, if anyone's been watching any of NASA space flights live mm. videos and their updates, mm. uh, and also um, there's a there's a channel called Marcus House. And he's a he's an Aussie Tasmanian, uh, and he also does an update on space news, uh, like a twenty minute update every weekend. So you can see like what's been happening, and a lot of it is SpaceX because SpaceX is doing all the big stuff right now. It looks like it, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Uh, and he takes everything and just condenses it into a twenty minute report. It's it's good. It's like really high quality. So um, cool. so Marcus House, if anyone wants to see that, um, and uh, basically yeah, so Starship uh, will launch on a test. They've been they've had the booster. Um, they've been testing the the booster's engines. Um, the booster is a massive thing. It's um, I think it's twice as powerful as the Saturn V, which, if anyone knows, is the rocket that launched um, you know, astronauts into space uh, into yeah. the moon. Wow. So this this is a massive, massive you know rocket. Um, and so and so um, it's going to send um a Starship in. And then the plan is that um, you know, to keep it in orbit, and um, both the first stage and and the Starship second stage. We'll come back to Earth, but they'll they'll land in the sea. So basically, they'll just land on water, and okay. and that's it. So that's so it's this is a, t- a test, um, and we'll actually see how far it actually goes. It will, will it burn up in the atmosphere, or you know, they're, they're you know they're they're not worried if it fails because SpaceX has a different approach where <laughs> failures and things going boom is part of the, the yeah, way they operate. Yeah, it's of the so, yeah. so it's kind of fun mm. in a way watching things explode when they're testing. So yeah. <laughs> So um yeah, it's all part of it, and they they basically fail towards success if that makes sense. Yeah, they mm. learn from every failure, they collect the data, they redo things, make it better uh, until Definitely. it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the first one. Uh, the second one is that NASA's Artemis mission, and this is the mission to return people to the moon. 
Uh, so cool. they're, they're, um, they're wow. planning to, yeah. So the first Artemis rocket is going to launch this year, and I think February or March is when it's slated for. So it could actually be really soon. Mm, uh, so this um the the launch of the Artemis rocket it's going to be an, an um it's going to be an unmanned launch. So there'll be no astronauts on this one, but it will have the full configuration of um of two boosters. You know the uh the the big fuel section in the middle there. Um, as well as um, the uh, the capsule where the apps, the astronauts, uh, I think it's called a centaur, and I could be wrong about that. Um, but the the capsule where the astronauts, you know, would would be sent to the moon, the whole lot, it's the, all the equipment's going to be there. And the idea is to launch this and get it to the moon and 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 back again. So the test flight, and yeah, if that all yeah. goes well, Artemis two. I don't know when that's going to be, but Artemis two will be the mission to send people send to the moon. actual physically. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. Ooh, wow. Um, and and Starship is a, is actually a key component of that because um, Starship is also going to become a moon lander. Um, mm. Part of the Artemis mission is to actually build a space station in orbit of the moon to use for um, for landing and recovery if people have landed on the moon. So, goodness this, me, this, this mission, wow, the Artemis mission project is is amazing. And so, um, if uh, if all goes well with this launch, and let's hope NASA's launch does go well because it's expensive mm. and over budget in a big way. <laughs> uh, so let let's hope it does go well. Um, and there'll be some amazing insights that come from that too. Uh, and yeah. lastly, this is not a first, but we haven't seen a super heavy launch in a long time from SpaceX. So this is this is um, basically three Falcon Nine boosters um, me. strapped together to, to launch a massive payload. And that those Whoa. launches are are just something to behold because not only is it the launch, but it's the recovery of the three boosters. All three boosters come back to Earth. Oh two my of, goodness! Two of them me. land next to each other, and one will <laughs> land in the ocean. And it's always an event when they have a, um, a Falcon Heavy. So there were no launches this last year for a Falcon Heavy, but mm. I think there are three or four slated for this year. So it's always an event, and I can't wait. And um, wow, and, yeah. And so my colleague from work who is listening, I'm going to complain again about rocket leave. It should be a thing, <laughs> and I want I want leave so I can watch these launches. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, so that's our science for the week. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. <laughs>